Okay, how's that? Very good. All right. Um, just for the kids, before I start, uh, Mrs. Ferguson asked me to remind you that there are coloring pages if you want to keep your hands busy as I speak. Uh, so feel free to kind of go toward the back and there's some coloring activities you can do. Um, and I don't mind at all if you color away <laughs> while I talk. Last week, we had a wonderful presentation from West Coast Kids telling the story of the birth of Jesus through scriptures, songs, and acting. And you kids who are here who participated, that was really well done. I was really blessed. God spoke to me through uh, the things that you shared. And um, something, once in a while, you hear something that you've heard time and time again, and suddenly it pops out like, oh, there's something I never thought of before. Okay. Gesticulating to too much energy. Okay, here we go. Now we're all right. Um, so Daniel read the scripture, um, the voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. But he paused and he said, the voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. And I went, oh. I've never thought of that before. It just made me think, you know, where we live and work and, and walk every day, the people around us are living in the wilderness. They're lost. They're confused. They don't know the way. And Jesus says to you and me, go to those people's wilderness. And as you go, you prepare the way of the Lord. That's where I want to go and meet those people. And um, I'm going to leave that thought with you. But... I don't see Daniel. I'm not sure if he's here, but thank you, Daniel, for emphasizing those words, and God really spoke to me through that. And we'll come back to that thought a little later on. But something else about what the kids presented last week. Um, we had a beautiful Mary and a beautiful baby, and we had shepherds and angels and sheep, but there was something missing. I wonder if anyone noticed or could tell me what or who was missing in what the kids presented. Ian. The wise men. Okay. We were missing the wise men and just one other thing. Joseph. Yes. Okay. So you did notice. I had to be told, but um, Joseph was missing. Now, in some ways, that makes sense. If you're a six- or seven-year-old boy, maybe you don't want to be Joseph and pretend you're somebody's husband. That might feel awkward. So maybe that was a reason. But, you know, in the Bible, Joseph didn't really get a lot of attention. Um, and I don't think he minded that. He wasn't a person who wanted to draw attention to himself. And uh, as we read the story today, we're going to read about this story of Jesus' birth kind of from Joseph's perspective. And there was a real Joseph, and he stepped up to a very big, a very difficult role that God called him to play. Um, so as we read the text and dig into it, uh, we're going to discover some really, I hope, encouraging things from Joseph's life. Uh, our text is Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 to 24. This is how the birth of Jesus came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be with child through the Holy Spirit. 
Because Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man and did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home to be his wife. But he had no union with her until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. So here we have the story uh, from Joseph's perspective. We know that in Luke, there's a long account, lots of detail of the story, more from Mary's perspective. And I hope that sometime during this season, you've read those first chapters of, of Luke and thought about just the wonderful riches that God has inspired in those passages. But Matthew... On the other hand, he's very brief, very to the point, and tells us just a quick outline of what happened to Joseph. He doesn't add in a lot about the emotions, the drama involved, but somehow, as I read that brief outline, all sorts of questions and, cons and concerns, what about this, and what kind of feeling did this evoke, all sorts of things come to my mind. So let's kind of look at the story a little more closely. Joseph is engaged to Mary. Many older Bible versions say he was betrothed, and that is a much stronger word than engaged. They had made a commitment, as strong as a marriage vow, but they had not yet begun to live together. So a betrothal in Bible times could only be ended by a legal divorce. But Joseph learned that his betrothed is pregnant, and he does not understand why. They haven't begun to live together. This is not his child. In reading the passage, we can imagine Joseph's shock, disappointment, and hurt, but he's an honorable man, faithful to the law of God, and he plans to quietly divorce Mary and not expose her to public shame. Already, I see in Joseph this heart that really wants to reflect God's heart, um, the famous commandment, what does God require of you to act justly and to love mercy? And I think Joseph is reflecting God's heart in that. What he wants for Mary is to show the right thing, but with mercy and kindness at the same time. And uh, we'll come back that, to that as well. But then comes this life-changing dream. An angel appears to Joseph and tells him, don't be afraid, but take Mary home as your wife, because the child she is carrying is from the Holy Spirit. You shall name him Jesus, because he will, have, he will save his people from their sins. So suddenly, Joseph is thrown into a whole new realm. I struggled to find words. What, how do you describe a change this big? Um, a quantum leap, a game changer, a seismic shift, an upheaval... The words, actually, I couldn't find words big enough to describe 
what's happened here. Joseph, I think, was planning only a few months before on an ordinary, hopefully comfortable life. He was going to get married. He and his wife would create a home, hopefully raise children, build his business, become respected in their community, hopefully lead a comfortable, prosperous life. And now the angel is showing Joseph the beginning of a completely new, uncharted road that he will walk. This will mean the end of any plans for a comfortable life. Possibly a loss of status and responsibility. People may be suspicious about this child and this couple, where he came from. But the angel's inviting him to become the earthly father of Jesus, to care for and protect and raise the Messiah. Amazing. The angel's promise is that Jesus will save his people from their sins. The angel doesn't promise a political leader, a military leader, not even a great teacher. He promises someone who will save people from sin, the very root of all the brokenness of our world. No one can do that but God. And Jesus will be God in human form, Emmanuel, God with us. So Joseph's response is immediate and decisive. When Joseph awoke, he did what the angel of the Lord commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son. And he gave him the name Jesus. That's so interesting that Fran talked about naming today because uh, the angel said to Joseph, you name him Jesus. And somehow Joseph, as he gave this baby the name Jesus, he was taking responsibility and saying, I will be the father. We know that God was Jesus' father. But Joseph is saying, I will be responsible. I'm committed here. I'm in 100%. And I'm naming him what God has said. And so he and Mary and their son, God's son, begin this journey into uncharted territory. In Hebrews 11, many of us know the list of Old Testament characters who responded to God's call and obeyed him simply in faith, not seeing where they were going or what the future would hold, but trusting in the promise of God. Hebrews 11 lists Abel, Enoch, Noah, Abraham, and the list goes on of those who were commended for their faith. I think if this list continued into the New Testament, Joseph would be there on the list. He's exemplifying this same costly, risk-taking obedience that comes from faith. And by this obedience, Joseph is able to participate in God's plan for the salvation of the world. Through his obedience, he created a home, protected and a secure place for the Messiah to grow. We'll see. I wanted to jump ahead, but then I realized someone else will preach on that next Sunday. But you're going to see several other ways that Joseph obeyed in faith and was just a key part of God's plan in bringing Jesus to the world. So what can we take from this story? Um, the first thing I take is that this amazing thing that our all-powerful God chooses to use us, humble, flawed, insignificant people, people like Joseph and like you and like me, to work with him in bringing his plan 
of salvation to the world. Our obedience to his leading helps advance this great plan. And uh, it's amazing to stop and think about that. God didn't need me to accomplish his plan. <clears throat> He's all-powerful, and yet God has chosen to work with us. And um, Ephesians says, God has prepared works for us to walk in. We are part of God's plan, and we are part of the outworking of his plan. We have this role to play. And what does that look like? You might think, that's a great thought, but I haven't had a dream with an angel. What am I supposed to do? Um, and I can find four things, at least in Joseph's story, that help me know how am I going to participate in God's plan. Number one is, I just uh, really like the fact that Joseph, when he hears of Mary's pregnancy, he wanted to do the right and merciful thing. Even he didn't, though he didn't yet understand what God was doing or planning. Um, I see him as a man who really wanted to know God and God's heart and show that heart to people around him. And for us, even if you haven't had a dream with an angel, seeking to know God and seeking to reflect him in each interaction we have with other people is a beginning of this obedience, this faith that makes us part of, of a worker with God. Um, we sing that song, um, show me who you are, fill me with your heart, lead me in your love to those around, you, around me. Um, and we can pray, God, I want to know you and become like you. You may, might think you don't have a great call from God to a big endeavor, but to daily show God's heart to people around you is a huge response that we can make. And I think um, we can see this all the time. I thought, what are some examples? And I thought of a few, and you'll probably think of many more. I can think of a time when uh, Vicky and I were having lunch in Wendy's after church one Sunday, and someone from our church walked in from, with a man we'd never seen before. And we found out later that he was probably a homeless man, had asked for money, and she said, oh, um, I'll take you to lunch. Um, what a simple way of showing God's heart, and yet um, scary. Many of us would say, oh, I feel nervous about that. I don't know. Um, but that's a step of faith. And there's many, many daily steps of faith we can make just in showing what God is like. And um, to do that, we want to know him more. We want to learn about him, read about Jesus, um, spend time in God's presence, and be able to show his heart to people around us. So you're not disqualified if you haven't had the dream <laughs> with the angel. God wants to use you every day. Um, a, a second thing I saw is that God gave Joseph a promise. And once Joseph had that promise, he was in 100%, no turning back. You shall name him Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. Joseph placed his faith in that promise, and he acted on it. So we have many promises in God's word and all of those promises can help us to step out in faith. God promises 
that when we are generous, when we give, he will provide all our needs. It's, it's clear as day that we don't have to worry. Jesus said, don't worry about tomorrow. My Father will look after you. And in other um, books of the Bible, you know, freely give, and it will come back to you, shaken together, running over. So we have the promise that as we give, God supplies. We have the promise that God is going to draw people from every language, nation, tribe, and, and uh, people to himself. And uh, the promise that the people we're, we're passing by every day are people that God is calling to himself. And we can step out in faith and reach out to them with the gospel, knowing that God's promised to draw many, many people to himself. Maybe there's personal promises that God has given you, um, and we can act in faith on those promises. Something that God has led you to do, and you uh, believe you've heard from God, and uh, it's a promise you can hang on to. So Joseph, just like Joseph, we can hang on to the promise that God has given. Another thing that uh, stands out to me that Joseph has a dream, and his whole life changes, but uh, that isn't a reason to stop or give up or withdraw. It's, it's a reason to move ahead and persevere and to see what God has for him in this new, unexpected circumstance. Imagine for a moment, what if Joseph has said, whoa, wait a minute, that isn't how I imagined it would be. What about the comfortable life I had hoped for? Sorry, count me out. Um, I think God would still bring his purpose to fruition, but Joseph would have missed the great joy of being a worker in God's kingdom. Um, and I, Jesus told us, or there's a story in the Gospels about a rich man who came to Jesus and said, what must I do to be saved? And when Jesus said, well, sell what you have and give it to the poor, he walked away very sad. He missed the chance to be part of God's plan and to be a worker in God's kingdom. And that was a very sad thing. Even though Joseph was embarking on a, a life of uncertainty, uh, a step of faith without knowing what would happen, uh, he had the joy of being part of God's plan and playing a role in that plan. So Joseph embraced this new journey that God had for him. But you may find yourself in circumstances where everything has changed, and uh, you wonder, what am I to do here? And um, there's stories, other stories, you know, the story of Paul, who was a, a, um, an evangelist. His whole desire in life was to travel the word, world preaching the gospel. And more than once, he ends up in prison, chained to a guard. Um, it's, it's like what he expected to do was totally thwarted. But it, it's very clear that what did he do? He preached to the guard. Um, his audience of one or of a few guards. And in Philippians, uh, Paul says, it's amazing, because I'm in prison, all of Caesar's household knows why I'm here and is hearing the gospel because of his ability to preach to that one guard 
who he was chained to. So if your circumstances change and are unexpected, God still has things for you to do. Um, I'm going to share some stories from my family. Not that I want to just talk about my family, because I'm sure your families have wonderful stories too. But um, um, recently, a year ago, our daughter and her family, husband and family, moved to the city of Nelson to plant a church. And um, one of their daughters said, I went to school, new school, didn't know anybody, and um, it was miserable. I ate lunch alone, I walked down the hall alone, I sat alone in class. But after a while, I thought, I can't keep doing this. And she said, well, I saw one girl. She was a, an exchange student from Germany, and I thought, I will be her friend. And so she just went and befriended her, and that friendship grew into a larger circle of friends who ended up at their house most of the time because they loved the family. And um, the, the two uh, older granddaughters are going to Germany to visit this friend this spring. But um, it was just that I'm not happy. My circumstances have changed, um, but I can step out in faith and make a friend. That was, um, to me, a beautiful example of this um, that we can, in our changing circumstances, still step out in faith. Um, years ago, our family had another experience with this. Many of you who know us know we spent a year in Eastern Europe in the country of Slovakia. Um, and originally, we were invited by a friend who had started a Christian school not long after the communist government had dissolved and changed to a democracy. But um, he said, why don't you come and teach? And we prayed about it for several months and decided we would like to do that. We had other people pray for us. We made all the plans. And a couple of months before we were to go, uh, I got a phone call and he said, oh, I have bad news. Um, we've had a big rift, a big conflict in our school. The, the long and short of it is I've been thrown out. I no longer am the director of the school there's no job for you to come to teaching in this school. But he said, but if God says to come, you should come and help our church. We need help. Um, what he didn't know was that many months before, we had asked our elders to pray. And one of the elders, John, had said, you know, I think God is saying, you're going to go there and you're not going to teach in a school. And I dismissed that and thought, no, that doesn't make any sense at all. But immediately I thought, oh, God's already told me. I know what we need to do here. And uh, so we got back in touch not long later and said, yes, we're coming. We think God has made it pretty clear through his word to us, his prophetic word to us, that we are to come. So we went and was not at all what we expected to be doing, but um, we realized that this was a, a weary, um, hurt group of people who really needed encouragement, and God graciously let us do that. But it was, again, changed circumstances, but God still had a pur purpose. Another thing I see in Joseph is that he did what was in his grasp to do. Uh, the Bible doesn't record anything that he said or wrote. There weren't any songs that he sang. But when God spoke, he responded to protect and care for his family. 
And the kind of obedience God asks from us is, is like that. It might be different from someone else. It might be different from me. Um, and I might be different from you. But God has unique things prepared for you to do. Don't worry if what God's calling you to do is something totally different. Um, and it maybe doesn't seem like a glamorous uh, thing that gets attention. Um, God's calling you to do what he's put there in your grasp to do. And for Joseph, it was this big responsibility of caring for this child um, and for this, this woman as the child grew and became um, eventually the man who would save us from our sins. Another story of our, our family um, uh, I talked about this church plant that our daughter and family are doing in Nelson. And um, they, they couldn't just go and find a nice building. In fact, it's still been difficult to find a building. Um, and set up a service and have a preacher and a worship time and a Sunday school. That hasn't worked. But what has been in their grasp has been to make friends in Walmart at the restaurant, invite the kids' school friends to their house. And so what has been in their grasp is hospitality and reaching out and forming friendships and food, offering food and having games nights. And that's what God's called them to do right now. And not what they expected. By now they thought, we'll be in a building and have a little group that's growing. But God said, no, this is what I want you to do. Reach out in friendship. Show hospitality. Let your house get overrun by teenagers and show them a welcome and, and a, a, a loving, caring response. And they've been able to do that. And um, so as you think, how can I be part of God's plan? What's there? What's he leading you to do that's right within your grasp? Um, so we come to a conclusion. Joseph and you and I can have the great joy of participating in God's work. Each of us is called to that. And when we obey in faith the thing that God has shown us to do, we can live out. And I want to go back to that scripture I mentioned at the beginning. In the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Whatever wilderness is around you, Whatever way the people around you are lost, confused, and broken, we prepare the way of the Lord in that wilderness through our obedience to God. So God bless you, and we pray that God would let us be responsive like Joseph was and walk out the things he's planned for us to do. Amen.